Do you feel like you're the only young person who cares about your Catholic faith? Do you look around at mass and only see silver foxes? We're Jake and Kathy, a young adult married couple, and we're here to tell you, you're not alone. That's why it's time to get Truth Pops. You're going to get a podcast designed specifically for you, a young adult Catholic in a pop culture world. The countdown is on for Truth Pop. We'll connect Christ into culture. Welcome back, film fans, to a brand new episode of Quality Check Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me across the microphone is Drew Douglas. As always, thanks across for- the microphone, across the screen. I was going to say, well, technically, on the other side of this microphone, on the other end of this USB cable, you are there, technically, electronically speaking. We've gone full remote. We're not turning back. We are now plugged into the Matrix, and we have taken the red pill. We just don't care. Hopefully, I mean, we're working this out. We're working the kinks out of doing this remote. So hopefully this one sounds better than the last one. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's the interesting thing about going remote, I feel, is that everyone with doing it is so accustomed to it. Do you think that the, when you hear and see things that you're more forgiving now of like, say you watch a movie or something online, are you like, nah, that's okay. I don't mind it too, too much. I mean, if it's like a, a zoom, like, um, you know, bringing the actors together for like a Zoom recording, then yeah. I don't want my movies looking like crap though. Unless, except for the movie that was on Shutter. Oh, what was that? I can't even think of it now. It was- Host. Uh, oh, yeah. That was, uh, man, that was so freaking good. That honestly may be one of my favorite movies that's come out during the entire pandemic. Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I haven't really thought much about it since, though. I feel like I've already seen that movie before. Before yeah. I saw it, I had already seen it. It was just, it was fun. I, I love the fact that they ended up putting more or less a face to the pandemic, which was a freaking seance demon. Mm, he was pissed off. <sighs> he rightfully should be because he was brought into this world during a pandemic. So he was kind of isolated in terms of wrecking havoc. So... Well, film fans, you are in for a treat for this episode because it's January 2021. We can't believe that. But we are doing, because of that reason, picks for January, in which Drew and I will talk about three things coming out in the month of January that we're excited. And we want to share that excitement with you. But before we do that, we're going to switch it up because after all, it's 2021. It's a brand new year. And this is a brand new podcast. We're going to give shark toppers to you to open this show What is on top of the iTunes charts? We're going to find out. That's why I'm nervous because I feel like everyone hit reset and people are probably watching movies like uh, that. What was that? Bruce Willis breach movie. 
Have you decided if you want to watch that or not? Actually, weirdly enough, I kind of do. I want to get like a giant cheesy pizza with a two liter of Pepsi and basically pull a home alone, but watch a ton of Bruce Willis or Nick Cage direct to boot like DVD releases. That sounds like a sad weekend. <laughs> if you've never listened before, this is Apple's iTunes top five movie rentals. I'm going to give Daniel eight options. Five are real, three are fake. You're going to guess what you think is in the top five. The ones that you get right, you're going to place that. And I'm going to give you money for each round. First round, $10. Second round, 20 doll hairs. Are you ready for the eight films? Up for grabs. Let's do it. All right. You got me scared though. You didn't respond. <laughs> I had to take a deep breath because I am a little nervous. Movie number one, Fatal. Oh, yeah. Remember seeing previews for that recently? It's got I am, uh, honestly, Hillary Swank. I've not seen any previews to it, but I've seen the poster. And it's because while searching on IMDb, I've come across that. I'm like, man, that looks bad. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, movie number two, Honest Thief, starring Liam Danger Neeson. That's got to be up there. Liam Deadly Neeson. I think that's a better name. Anyway, number three. Uh, Marty Scorsese's Gangs of New York. All of these movies are in the top 25. I always forget to say that off the top. Gangs of New York. So for whatever reason, Gangs of New York is trending. Hmm. Uh, movie number four, Shadow in the Cloud. What in the world is that? Oh, it's that's got the, uh, Chloe Grace. Yeah, yeah. It's got her. I don't know what it's about. It's like the... But something about a cloud. Yeah, it's like a B-52 bomber and she uh, goes like through time or something like that. Movie number five, The Croods to a New Age. <sighs> Movie number six, The War with Grandpa. Movie number seven, Mulan 2020. Yeah. And then the eighth and final film, Tenet. Okay. Let's go from top to bottom again, just so I have them. Mm -hmm. uh, we have Fatal. Honest Thief, Gangs of New York, Shadow in the Cloud, The Croods 2, The War with Grandpa, Mulan, the 2020 version, and then Tenet. Let's do, since I love talking about it, Shadow in the Cloud. Okay, locking it in. Croods 2. Croods Dose. Honest Thief, Fatal, and let's say Tenet. Okay. You said Shadow in the Cloud. That is not in the top five. What? Wasn't that just like freaking released? It was. That's going to like tank big time. You said Crudes 2. That is Woo! in the top five. You said Honest Thief. That is in the top five. Yeah. You said Fatal. Let's go Hillary Swank. Hillary Swank is not in the top five. Whoa, man, that's tanking. Oh, geez. Now I got to see that and Shadow. And then the last film you predicted, Tenet. And that is in the top five. Ooh, man. So you have now earned $30. 30 bucks. Where do you want to put these? Let's go Tenet at five. You want to lock that in? 
Yeah, let's lock that in. Crude's two at ooh, three. Okay. I'm writing this out and let's go. All right. So I want to say, and I don't know if this is this is a question, but I don't know if you want to say shout out in the cloud and fatal and honesty for brand new, right? Um, yeah, Honest Thief is new. Shadow, I believe, is new. What was the other? Fatal? Fatal, yeah. I think Fatal came... I don't know. I don't know when that came out. I should have looked. I'm sorry. Well, I know... Because I've seen those, and I've mainly been keeping track via, like, IMDb of a lot of these movies that are coming out, and just, like, surprises. So, I'm just going to say Shadow, Honest Thief, and Fatal. So, I'm going to put Honest Thief at number one. Because one of those has to be, like, a new release has to end up getting in there and if the other two aren't freaking on the top five then honest thief has to make up for that i can't imagine that all of our uh, us movie fans are just resorting to watching like gangs of new york or something again even though it's a good movie uh, all right so you had be free one you had 10 at number five and these are for uh 20 dollars each 20 bones you, you always struggle in the second round it's a hard i'm uh. just saying it's hard uh, you said 10 at number five. It is not number five. Ooh. Big fat X. You didn't put anything at number four? Mm-mm, I skipped the Crudes it. two at number three. And that is incorrect. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Good grief. You didn't have anything at number two. You put Honest Thief starring Liam Deadly Neeson at numero one. It is not number one. <laughs> Good grief. It's like freaking Crudes 2 number one. All right. So number five, we had the Crudes 2 okay. New Age. Number four, the war with grandpa. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> number three, Ish. Mulan 2020. Really? Number two, number two, Honest Thief. Number one, Tenet. Tenet no freaking went. way. What's crazy is it was, I think the last time we did this, which is in December, that was numero two. And I, what was number one? Yeah. Cause that's why I'm like, it yeah. It was like a family film. Oh, I think Crudes two was number one last time. That's why I'm like, Crudes two has to be higher than Tenant, And Tenant, there's no way that it's still on the top five. And then that's why I was like a total, for me, I thought, nah, that's no way, but I'll just go against my gut react, my gut instinct. I'm now glad that I did because at least I got 10 bucks for it. Just to let you know, Fatal was number seven. The Shadow in the Cloud was number 11. Gangs of New York, 15. Don't know why. Yeah, like what? It's weird. Some of these in the top 25, we have Breach is number 25. Um, Other weird ones, Amadeus. Schindler's List is up there. The Revenant is up there. And uh, I think that's probably the strangest of all. Apocalypto is number eight. That's like continually mm. in the top 10. What is going on? I mean, is it because of Mel Gibson's Fat Man being out and people are interested? But Spielberg didn't. Well, Spielberg didn't do Amadeus. I'm not even kidding. I think people think the world's going to end. And that's why they're <laughs> they're renting Apocalypto. <laughs> uh, but I you kinda... still got 30 bucks, man. That's not bad. 
it felt fine. I just want you to do better in the second round. And I, I just, uh, you don't do well in the second round. I'm trying to think of a way to, you've somehow earned a reward. And I'll say, uh, just a heads up, I'm going to eliminate the number two spot. So then you only have to fill one, three, four, and five. God. Cause okay. you, it's just like hard to do this. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Maybe well, I'll ask you a, I'll give you like a trivia question. If you get it right, then I will eliminate it. You know how millionaire would do that? They oh, would eliminate loves. one of the bad answers. Unless we end up taking, just stealing it all from millionaire and we've got the three different options. Phone a friend, ask the audience, but we have to record live. And then uh, what was the other one? 50-50. I, I honestly think the uh, phone a friend would be really fun. We need to be together though. <laughs> yeah, that I feel like that's the only way that we'd be able to pull it off. You ready to go? Yeah, there we've got some good releases overall in January. And even though it's a new year, we're still obviously in the throngs of a pandemic, but at least we have a lot of really good movies, music, uh, TV shows. Speaking of music, uh, did you get a chance to jam out to that new Foo single that was released earlier this week? Yeah, no, son of mine. It's better than the first one. The better than the first single for this new album. It seems like that would have been the single that they lead with on releasing. Yeah, it's it's more of a banger. Why did we not have this out first? I don't know. I listened to it at least twice. So that's... Uh, yeah, they're, you're right, though. The drums, Taylor's drums hit. Man, it's so freaking good. It's Now, this hearing this, I'm like, all right, th this sounds like classic food. The first single did not sound like food. Now, question, though, do you have any songs or music, rather, on your list for January? Nope, not on my list. Uh, hmm. February and March will. All right, well, let's go ahead and just jump into it. And we'll start at number three and work our way up. What is your number three pick for January? Mine is, I don't think I've ever done anything on network television. My number three is an NBC sitcom that just started actually last night, January 7th. It's Ted Dance's new comedy. It's called <laughs> Mr. Mayor. It looks like fun. It's from Tina Fey and Robert Carlock, who created um, what I would argue is at least one of the funniest comedies of all time. It's 30 Rock. And I think you could argue that is the best comedy of all time. I, my concern is I the buzz on Mr. Mayer is not great. Hmm, that sucks. It looks like good. -wise, it's just, but I'll tell you this. With saying what I said about 30 Rock, I didn't. the 30 Rock premiere uh, pilot I don't think is very good. That's hmm. a show that kind of develops into how funny it becomes. So I, it's hard to judge anything based off the pilot. But there, I guess two two episodes are already available right now. Uh, that's a good pick. Honestly, that show looks like uh, a lot of fun, especially right now. And I didn't realize that they had two episodes out already. My number three, we talked a little bit about before recording. And this is going to be like a super depressing movie. I, oh, jeez. <laughs> it's coming out on Netflix. Uh, actually, it's already out on Netflix. And I almost watched this last night because it stars Vanessa Kirby. And I'm going to be honest, it's kind of tough to pick this, uh, mainly because yeah. it has Shia LaBeouf. And all the drama that's surrounding Shia LaBeouf right now, uh, it makes it a little difficult to watch some of his work because I've, I've done that uh, just hearing some of these accusations. Uh, but this movie is Pieces of a Woman. It got from critics a lot of uh, buzz whenever it was released at uh, film festivals. And 
I mean, Vanessa Kirby looks like she kills it in this. I really would like to see Kirby get more work because everything I've seen her in, I freaking love her. You got to find a, a good time to watch this, though, because I hear it's just it's, everyone's just put through the ringer. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, then, and then we do have the Shia LaBeouf stuff, which I don't know. I feel like a couple pods ago we were we were praising him as being underrated. And then <laughs> all these allegations come come out and it just taints everything he does and has done. And that's I don't know. It sucks. But yeah, she looks good. And then I hear Ellen Burstyn's like really good in this. Mm hmm. And if she gets nominated for Oscars, uh, I believe she's 78 years old. Uh, but if she's nominated again, she or she's 88. Wow. If she gets nominated for an Oscar, she will become the oldest person ever to be nominated oh for an Academy gosh. Award. A little, little trivia for you. All right. My number two is coming to HBO Max and theaters. It's uh, the second time... Warner Brothers has done this after Wonder Woman 1984. It's called The Little Things. Ooh. Starring Denzel Washington, Rami Malek, Jared, little sickly Jared Leto. <laughs> uh, John Lee Hancock wrote and directed this film. He did, he's worked with Eastwood a, a lot. He mm -hmm. uh, he wrote A Perfect World, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, and then has directed a handful of films, including Saving Mr. Banks and then like The Highwayman, The Highwaymen, mm. sorry, for uh, Netflix. You know, of those releases, I would say that he's got a lot under his belt, but it kind of makes me a little nervous. Like, it could be really good or just mediocre. I'm excited because, you know, you you and I like 90s Denzel, mm -hmm. say, The Bone Collector or Fallen. And this is along those lines where it's a, it's a hunt for a serial killer, a.k.a. Jared Leto. <laughs> and... I'm just excited to see Denzel one, just to see Denzel again, see Denzel do something like this. Um, watching that preview though, Denzel, man, doesn't, I'm not saying he looks bad, but it is sad to see him getting old. Yeah. Um, I mean, he still looks good, but it was basically around fences around that time that I could tell, you know, there, there was definitely a shift in Denzel and Sad, right? He's 66 years old right now. I know. I mean, it's still it's still great to see him in anything, but like with Equalizer 2, and I'm wondering if they're going to do a third Equalizer. It sounds like they want to, but man, you can see the second one. Yeah, it's just it's those are I find those movies frustrating. Like I want to like them, but they're just they don't really do much for me. So that's it's just kind of upsetting. And I love Denzel. Yeah, like I said, I'll watch him in anything. I'll watch him read uh, Receipt, and I would love it. But um, that looks good. You Leto, though, man, he looks like such a creep in it. He looks like, you know, that one time then he was apparently in the woods for 14 days or the <laughs> desert or something and had no idea the outbreak happened. <laughs> it looks like they just shot the film like right after, and he was just real gaunt and dirty. Was he just like out there doing drugs and he just passed out? He says he was like meditating or something. Goodness. <laughs> and had no idea about the pandemic. I love that's one of my favorite stories. Good grief. It sounds like he's like stories that are so outrageous, it's hard to believe. Those kinds of stories always follow him. Yeah, like when they acted as if he was Jesus Christ on the set of Blade Runner Good in 2049. Grief. 
Yeah, that was just, oh, man. And apparently, little did I know on this until just yesterday that this script apparently has been making its rounds in Hollywood for like 20 years, 20 plus years. Goodness gracious. Yeah. that's That could be like a really bad thing. Yeah, I it's mean, like, it's like no one wanted to make this film. They're gonna, they just needed something so bad they bought it. Well, I mean, sometimes you end up getting that like Elf. Elf was that way where the guy had the script and he he was just sitting on it for such a long time. And I just found out today that Queen's Gambit, uh, that story apparently uh, was trying to be told for thirty years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it happens. It probably happens, you know, a lot actually. Yeah. I could see that, but yeah, this, I know Denzel along with everyone else was upset about HBO releasing this on HBO max, or I should say WB releasing it on HBO max. But I mean, that's a good thing for us though. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I, I understand their frustration at this point is, yeah, you know, we're not, we're, we're losing money off of this and because we're, you didn't consult us. I mean, if you're going to pay us, that's one thing, but uh, yeah, they were a little sneaky with that whole thing, but we don't we don't need to get into that. Yeah, um, I'm going to pivot a little bit and go from movies and say my number two is coming out on Disney Plus on the fifteenth. Oh. oh, and that is Wandavision. We're finally wow. getting yeah, we're finally getting to see what happens to Scarlet Witch and Vision, and this looks like a lot of fun. I'm pumped, but I've weirdly enough, I've talked to a few others, like mainly uh, family members, uh, recently, like over the last two weeks, and it's very divisive. Like half of them are like, "Yeah, I'm not really that interested," and half are like, "I want to see this." Man, and then, I cannot wait for this. And I, I'm pumped, I'm, especially because I feel like this is going to set up what we'll end up getting out of the new phases of the MCU, and I feel like this truly kicks off what follows and true everything i'm hearing about this not only wandavision but what follows i'm on board with i love this idea of the multiverse and not only that but the multiverse of madness so count me 100 percent on board and we're getting on that 15th release date we're getting two episodes loves and it's only six right uh it's nine i believe Ooh, okay. A couple of interesting things about this too is that this has been apparently confirmed that there's more visual effects in WandaVision than Endgame entirely, which I guess makes sense because this huh. is, I guess, uh, I think these are 30 minute episodes, 40, 40 ish. Mm-hmm. So it's basically nine hours of content. That kind of makes sense. But there are also, Kevin Feige also said there's some of the biggest set pieces they've ever done is in this show. I can't wait for this. This is, uh, it's my number one. For the month of Jan- for the yeah for the month of January, I don't know why I was confused by that. The and also with some of the supporting cast members, they are bringing in some great names. And I just you know with releasing this to me, um, I want to see Soul, and I will see it eventually, hopefully sooner than later because I haven't yet. But um, I you know with with seeing that. I wanted, I was tempted to get HBO or HBO, Disney Plus. And then um, there have been a few other uh, smaller releases. I still haven't seen um, Mandalorian, most of uh, that, except for spoiling myself. And then um, this, though, this is a thing that's selling me. This, this is a title that I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to get it. 
One big attraction to this too, it has nothing to do with the story or anything, is that we didn't get any MCU content in 2020. All that stuff got pushed away because of the pandemic. So this year we have this, we have Captain America and the Falcon, and then we have Black Widow, Shang-Chi, Eternals, and then the Spider-Man film. So 2020 is going to be hopefully packed with MCU stuff. I feel like it's setting up for some great, great stuff. That's, I, I, I can't wait. My number one, we are flipping here because my number one is your number two. I, oh, wow. Yeah, I'm, I can't get more pumped for the little things coming out on HBO Max and, and theaters January 29th. That's, the, that's like a perfect stay at home and watch it on HBO movie for me. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it would be great to obviously see it in theaters, but I think seeing that at home, that's a that will be a great night in. Go and get some pizza and just have a fun night in. Do you have any predictions about this film? I really wonder if they're going to flip this around and make it seem as if Denzel is either losing his mind or he's created like this alter ego. And he's working instead of Jared Leto being real, that he is that guy. And that's what I'm wondering. But I mean, that that's the only major prediction that I have. The movie preview, I should say, leads us to believe that Jared Leto is the killer. And he mm -hmm. might be. But I feel like Rami Malek is, he, Rami Malek is like a sergeant or something in this film, a sheriff. Mm-hmm. He works for authorities or whatever. I feel like he's going to be involved in this. I think to a degree. I, I could see him like being a cover-up. I, I think that he may be helping like cover the tracks of like he's known that Denzel's been like unhinged for a while. And I feel like he's been helping him. But I don't know. I mean, that's... They're just... With this, nonetheless, I don't think Leto is going to be a real character. I see Jeez. him as like, I'm serious. I think he'll be like imaginary or some kind of decoy, something like that. But I just cannot wait for Leto to come out looking like he just walked out of the woods for the first time in two months. He looks like um, like a terminally ill Jesus Christ in this one. It's so this like, movie was written in 1993 for Steven Spielberg, but he said no because it was too dark. And then Clint Eastwood, Danny DeVito, both separately attached to direct at one point. Uh, and then Hancock just said, you know what? I wrote it. I'm going to direct it. Oh, wow. Has Hancock... 19, 1993. Think about that. That's like Spielberg. I don't want to say in his prime, but he had like some huge movies around that time. Yeah. Now, has Hancock, has he direct, he's directed a movie, right? Or movies? Yeah, he's, he's done quite a few things. So his, his directing films, he's, he did Hard hard Time Romance in 91, didn't direct again until 2002 for The Rookie, and then did The Alamo, The Blind Side, mm. Saving Mr. Banks, The Founder, The Highwaymen, and then now this. Okay. Yeah, that's I, I always forget that because he's written, I've always recognized him as a writer before a director, but man. did you? So speaking of, of Jolly Hancock, and since he wrote both A Perfect World and Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil for Clint Eastwood, who directed both of those movies. You saw Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, right? No, it's one of the handful of 
um, Clint films I have not seen. Oh man, that's so good. I always heard it was awful. I I remember hearing like mixed things. I liked it. I I thought it was good, and that's a movie that I want to go back and rewatch because I heard the same thing. And whenever I watched it, I'm like, why do people hate this movie? But it's a long one. It's two and a half hours long. Yeah, it's a whopping 155 minutes. Uh, you know, I'll watch it because you know I'm watching all the all the Eastwood's films and and, and ranking them because why not? I, I, in my opinion, from what I remember on my first watch of it, that's up there for me for Clint movies. Mm. It's good. But like I said, it's, it was one and done. That was several years ago. So I need to go back through and do a rewatch of Clint Eastwood. But leading up to the little things, I'm also wanting to do a rewatch of Denzel movies. Yeah, I mean, that'd be good. Uh, is there anything else that's coming out that you're semi-interested in? Um, yeah, there's a Jason Siegel film called Our Friend that Casey Affleck is in oh. that looked schmaltzy but kind of decent. And then Liam Deadly Neeson has The Marksman coming out this month <laughs> where he like saves a little uh, Hispanic boy or something and saves him from a drug cartel or something. Yeah. They're like trying to cross the border. So yeah, there's that. He's just like, he has a movie out like every four months and it's just him fighting off some sort of gang. I just, I love or a corrupt that. cop or something. <laughs> and he's like 75. I love it. I mean, I hope he doesn't ever stop. And what's great is he said he was done making these movies. I can't remember which one was the last one, but he's like, I'm not, I'm not making action films anymore and he won't stop. Yeah. So commuter that was two, three years ago now. Yeah. It was bad or cold pursuit. And he was just like, this is it. He's done <laughs> Honest Thief, The Marksman. And then he's got like two more coming out. Yeah, I just freaking love it because looking at his filmography now, he goes from uh, Unknown, Taken 2, and then Taken 3, and then it's Nonstop, and The Commuter. He's just like banging these out. But what's weird is I, this I is know, just... I love it. It's like a step above direct to VOD or no? Or DVD. Some of those like nonstop. That the director of those movies is freaking awesome, and those movies look amazing. Like that, A Walk Among the Tombstones is awesome. Run All Night, which is Jamie, call it Sarah, whoever he is, however you say his name, who's doing Black Adam. Like that dude rules. I don't remember much about A Walk Among the Tombstones. I like that one a lot. That one's got your boy David Harbor in it. Oh, yeah, and that's right. it's got right. Dan Stevens, and I don't know. I like that one. And, of course, um, we can't forget about his turn in Silence. That was... Uh, yeah, good. Yeah. And Widows, too, man. He's in Widows for like 10 minutes, but he's Ooh, awesome. Yeah, that's right. I mean, right. that movie's awesome in general, but... I need to rewatch that movie. That was solid. I can't wait for The Marksman, though. <laughs> that should have been my number one. Well, yeah, I mean, that's coming out apparently next week, so. <laughs> Ooh. I don't know how. I, I will need a pick, picker upper after watching Pieces of a Woman, so I may save that and then just go to a theater somewhere and watch The Marksman. It would be great if Liam Neeson just keeps, like you said, churning these out once a quarter. That is what will end up keeping us all sane. Give us more. I love it. I'm, I'm, I honestly enjoy them. For I don't really know why, I just do. 
<laughs> well, that's going to do it for us film fans on this uh, podcast. So until next time, keep watching. Keep watching.